Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NNMK podcast, uh, episode four. Today, I'm joined by Matt. Hello, everybody. And we are also joined today by Asher. Hello again. So, yeah, um, this episode first, uh, you might have seen it. It's been pretty big in the news. Um, SpaceX, uh, they tested out their SN serial number eight uh, prototype of their Starship rocket. Um, and basically all the news sources are, uh, covering it. It blew up at the end, um, which is kind of cool. And, uh, yeah. So basically what that is, is, uh, SpaceX, their, their big goal is to get people to Mars. Um, and the vehicle that they're going to try to do that with is a uh, Starship. And, um, their prototypes for Starship are called SN or serial number. And it just goes up. They had SN1, SN2. Um, so you might have seen, uh, the vehicles like Starhopper and, um, like they, they kind of look like water towers. They're just like these big steel tanks with rocket engines on the bottom. They look really stupid. Um, but they're basically using those as tests for their Raptor engines, which they're going to use, uh, on Starship to get to, to Mars. And, uh, what, what they were doing in this most recent one, SN8 was they were doing a 12.8 kilometer hop, which is basically they just uh, go way up, then they fall back down and they land. Um, so they did that. They they went way up. They uh, they descended in the way that they wanted, and they did their flip maneuver. And then while they were approaching the ground, um, basically the rocket engines kind of choked, and it didn't have enough power to land on the pad. Um, but other other than perfectly landing on the pad, um, and like just having a completely perfect mission, this was probably the most, the, the best outcome because, uh, basically everything went well except for the final landing. Um, but what's, what's important about this is, uh, um, our space agency has relied on Russian rockets, um, Soyuz for years. Like Soyuz rockets have been around since like the sixties. Um, and what this means now that SpaceX is taking charge really of NASA, um, NASA's like logistical stuff is that we're going to have a lot less, um, Russian, we're going to have a lot less, uh, to rely on the Russians, um, with their Soyuz rockets, which is going to impact like their space economy and just their influence on the U S overall. So, um, what do you guys think of that? You think that, like, like, what do you think is, do you think it's going to be a big impact of us not using uh, Russian rockets? Or do you think that, like, it's, it's they're not going to really care? Well, I personally think it's a pretty big thing because Russian, Russian rockets have a lot of waste, right? I think a big point of this, this rocket is the fact that, like, it's not destroying itself on reentry, right? I think that's pretty pretty big right yeah, yeah they're trying um, to get a spacex has gotten actually really close to having like a fully reusable rocket um recently they've started i think today actually this is going to be the first mission where they actually reuse a fairing which is like the nose cone of a rocket um and then obviously you've you've probably seen them land the rockets um and then they refurbish them after that um yeah. so yeah it is really uh really good that they're able to like um 
keep reusing the rockets, and it saves a lot of money too. Yeah, I um, I think that like probably for a lot of people who like pay attention to like um at least like U.S. space programs or just like world space programs, this is a pretty big step because like um this is gonna be probably since a long time since the like um like the the cold war when america has started to like shoot up rockets into space and i think um uh nasa said they want to go back to the moon it's also a pretty big step but like i think just like being american built is um like pretty good for at least morale of the country to know that like we didn't have to use another person's like work to get up into space or something like that i think that's pretty cool What's yeah. A, what else about it was interesting, Nate? What, just about, like, the uh, test launch? Yeah, yeah. Or just, um, like, in SpaceX or NASA in general. Well, uh, SpaceX is actually... Their their pace of work um, is, like, incredibly fast. So normally, uh, it, like, let's get NASA, for example. Um, NASA are, like, the biggest procrastinators on the planet. They... <laughs> they claim that they're going to do stuff in like the next X amount of years. And then they like double that. So like we were supposed to have uh like, let's take the, um, the Artemis program, for example, which is uh, NASA's program to go to Mars. They said that their rocket was going to be like ready to launch and like being able to do missions by 2020 back like a few years ago. And now it's December, 2020 and they haven't even finished like building it yet. <laughs> so, um, Compare that to like SpaceX. SpaceX, they first started uh, like building their Starship prototypes like really not that long ago. And they've built new engines. They basically built everything from scratch. The engines, the, um, the, the rocket itself. And now they're already able to fly it up to like 12 kilometers and come back and almost land on the pad successfully. It's like incredible how fast they... they um, they like design and research stuff. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, kind of like what I said back to like the Cold War. Um, I thought it was pretty funny that like, um, there was a lot of like design, like, or well, I guess like, um, like a lot of like the scientific, what's it called, the scientific process. Oh, what's that called? Scientific method. Yeah, scientific method. Uh, there's, like, a lot of, like, design and then shoot and then fail, like, with a lot of, like, the <clears throat> like the rocket ships exploding and stuff like that. But I feel like they're getting, like, so close to being almost perfect on, like, every single one. And um, what I thought was also pretty cool was when I watched, like, some of the SpaceX launches, how, like, the, um, it was, like, the, what's the, the boosters? Is that what they're called? I think uh, it's probably like the boosters or something else. Uh, I'm probably getting this wrong, but like the boosters would come down once they like detach from the like spaceship itself, and they had like and they would go like onto like the ships in the ocean. I thought that was super cool, because yeah. instead of having to like randomly go out and retrieve them, they're able to just like fly out and go onto their own, which I thought was actually pretty cool. What impresses me the most about all this testing is how precise they were like when coming back and landing on the pad, pad because that's really impressive to me if you think about all of the different factors that are acting upon a spaceship right like 
going out, flying around for 12 kilometers, and then coming back and almost having a perfect landing, I think that's really impressive. Um, I think that's something we should talk about is if, should we be putting people on Mars? Like, should we try and move off of Earth? Um, I think that uh, if, I mean, we're obviously going to get to Mars, like, sometime. It's it's kind of inevitable we're explorers. Um, I think that in a perfect world, we should um, we should treat Mars kind of like Antarctica, where like um, it, it's treated as like a like a a research point, and we don't we don't like put hotels there and stuff. We don't put like casinos on Mars. We we just treat it as in like uh, science to better humanity. Um, the way I see it, I I kind of disagree with you. Um, so statistically, you know, with how big our universe is, we, we know how rare life is, right? Or at least life on a similar level that we see on earth, right? Obviously there could be plenty of little amoebas on other planets that, you know, we, we can't see with a telescope, but I think that the life we have on earth is really valuable just because of how statistically improbable it is that it occurs. Um, I honestly think that we should try and leave earth intact or as intact as we can leave it because it's just, I just see it as something really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. That's, that's a pretty good question because like, um, I know, like, a lot in media, like, movies and, like, TV shows and stuff like that, like, they portray Mars as, like, somewhere that you could, like, live, potentially, and science kind of backs it up, but it's not, like, 100%, like, certain that you could probably have a sustaining life yet, and we are, like, still looking at the, like, effects of space on people, like, we still haven't learned the full effects of going into, like, space and what happens we've learned a lot i it's definitely more than we had before like before space was like inhabitable but like now i feel like just being able to get onto mars is a feat but like if we wanted to we would have to do like so much more research to probably like live potentially live on mars um yeah obviously but i do think that we should try and leave earth at, at least some majority i of the I, I agree as well i think it'd be a, an amazing feat because like the only body that we've gotten to uh we've gotten a human to out of our solar system is the moon at the moment so it'd be pretty spectacular to go on to mars yeah i think that um it it, it kind of depends on um how fast we're able to to set up a permanent settlement on mars and how fast we're able to go to other planets because like if you look at the moon like we traveled to the moon like back in the 60s and we haven't gone back since um so i I, if we do if we are able to get to to get to mars i hope that we put in the extra work to actually be able to permanently or at least like semi-permanently stay there and we don't just travel there once and then we like get some moon rocks and i mean some mars rocks and then go back to earth and then wait another like 60 years definitely are we trying to tie this into our second topic for today? Maybe. There's no, there's know. no really good transition <laughs> to go to space so. to the electoral college, you know. <laughs> okay, guys. So let's say that there's an election on Mars. Hypothetically okay? speaking. 
Would we use the American election system on Mars? Oh, I guess it would depend on the nationality of the people who went there. Yeah, hmm. or or what government gets there first, what country gets there first. Yeah, I mean, you could establish territories. Hmm. Nah, I, 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 I think really that's hope actually that, illegal. Like, Isn't, that illegal? That he, isn't that illegal? Isn't that illegal? I thought it was illegal to do on Mars, or moon, on the moon. Yeah, well, I mean, they did in Antarctica. Did they actually? No. <laughs> Dude, I really hope that if we if we do get to Mars, um, like permanently in our lifetime, I really hope that we look at the look at the past and we don't mess it up. Like, I really don't want to have like wars on Mars and stuff. Yeah, Dude, I think that'd it'd be, be awesome though. Stupid for like territorial. <laughs> but think about how awesome fighting on Mars would be. Bro. Yeah, but think, like, think about the fun times you could have. Do bullets Bro, even you could, like, like go? jump into the air? Oh no. They would work, but it it wouldn't work the same because the gravity's different. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't even shoot people. You'd have to stab them. That's boring. Is and it, this is a stupid question, but please indulge me. Okay. What is the gravity on Mars compared to Earth? I'll look um, it up. Mars is like half the size of Earth, so I bet it's like half of uh, Earth's gravity. All right. So it the way the okay. So if if the gravity is less, then I think. Guns could shoot farther. Yeah, I don't think that they'd have as much like force though. Yeah, they won't. They obviously wouldn't have enough as much. Actually, they'd have the same inertia because inertia does, is not relative to gravity. Hmm. That's true. Right now, but, like, if you use like a catapult or something, though, it would just like it wouldn't do as much. Yeah, it no, says, it wouldn't do um... as much. Since Mars has less mass than Earth, less mass than Earth, the surface gravity on Mars is less than the surface gravity on Earth. Yeah. It says that, so that the means surface that... gravity on Mars is only about thirty-eight percent of the surface gravity on Earth. Oh so yeah. If you weigh hundred yeah, pounds on Earth, it. you'd weigh thirty-eight pounds on Mars. Yeah. All right. Well, well, that means that like any anything based on range alone would go a lot farther. Cause like. Yeah. If you think about it, it would just shooting be a gun floating a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it would just take less. It would take more time to get to the ground. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, this is just something that not a lot of people realize. It's kind of like a physics thing. But if you shoot, you know, a gun in a straight line, right, and and you drop a bullet in a straight line, it takes the same amount of time for them to hit the ground. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. So the less gravity there is, the farther the bullet will go, because it takes more time to fall. That's an epic physics moment. Yeah. Also, because, like, if you had, like, an ultra-powerful gun that could shoot, like, super far... Also, because be Mars is... Because there's no atmosphere. Yeah, there's no air... Yeah, there's no air resistance. So, like... Well, I... No, there, there is, is an atmosphere. There's, there's not atmosphere. as much, because there's nothing it's containing like, the atmosphere. Yeah, it's, it's like hella thin. So... Hella thin! <laughs> hella thin! <laughs> like, um... But like, if if you had a gun that could shoot like incredibly far, it it would also take longer just because Mars is like just smaller than the Earth, so it would just like is... curve. Yeah. Okay, I guess we're going on to our next uh, topic then. I think we we've, we've been talking <laughs> about this for fifteen here. minutes, which I was like, I was like, dang, that's a long time. But I mean, Nate really does like that space. Yeah. So. I mean, Nate I'm happy that we're space able space. to impl- implicate something that Nate likes. 
into this podcast. I'm, I'm Woo! Really glad. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Thank you, Nate. Okay. I, I, um, I really enjoyed my 15 minutes of film. So, <laughs> so, Nate, how do you feel about the Electoral College? Uh, I'm like 65% for, 35% against it. Because, um, like, it, it definitely serves a purpose. If you look at, like, if we just judged voting off of popular vote, um, Democrats would win every time. Uh, I saw this this graph that was uh, like the popular votes out of presidents for the past, like uh, I think it was like 10 or 15 years. And the only, there was like maybe one Republican candidate that was in the top four and every other one was Democrats, but the margins were all like really close. It was like the the biggest was like 54% um, Democrat and then like 47, not not 47, and then like 44% um, Republican. So even though that like the Democrats would win most of the time, that that's still like a huge percentage of the American population that is just constantly like not getting their way. Yeah, I feel like I could see where you're coming from there, but I feel like that's not like the the implications of back then what they used the electoral college for. Because, like, the one, I think the one thing is that they wanted equal representation between everyone. But if you really think yeah. about it, the, the most equal representation of everyone you can give is the popular vote. That means that everybody's vote is equal, and it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how big your state is, how little your state is. Your vote is going to be the same for everyone. But for, like, someone in a smaller state, so let's say, like, Rhode Island, for example, um how you would count if we're if we're trying to speak like on what the electoral college is like going for so you would take the population of america and then divide that by how many electoral college votes there are so the population of america is around 300 million right now so it's like i i think it was like 309 million so 309 million divided by 538 which is the number of electoral college votes gives you about 574,000 people per one electoral college vote. So if we go back to that Rhode Island example, like I just said, there's around 1.1 million people living in Rhode Island. So that would mean 1.1 million divided by 574,000 would give you two electoral college votes. But if you actually look at the electoral college votes in Rhode Island, it has four. Um, And this is because every single state um, gets with like the rules with it, Every single state gets three votes, and then they add on based on the population. So if we're trying to, like, say the Electoral College was to, like, equally represent people from smaller states into bigger states, it wouldn't say, it wouldn't, like, be more equal. Because, like, like one person from Rhode Island would equal, like, I don't know, like, five or six people from California. How do you feel about that, Asher? Um, well, I, I agree with, with what you're saying to an extent. I think that, in, in my opinion, the, the way that I disagree with you and the reason why I think the Electoral College is important is because I think you overvalue democracy. All right. And let me preface this by saying I don't think that, like, we should be communist or a socialist nation or anything. Um. As Winston Churchill said, democracy is the worst uh, 
the worst political system except for all the other ones but the <laughs> thing is man. <laughs> the thing is is that i i know we talked about this before at least i i'd said this but i don't really trust the population when it comes to making informed decisions democracy relies on the whims of the people and i the way i see it the electoral college is like insurance to make sure that you know people don't make a poor decision and you know what it's completely justified to want democracy even if it's you know even if it could be a bad thing in general like if the people are uninformed right like wanting that freedom is completely justified but i personally think that um that the electoral college is more important than the freedom of democracy. Yeah, I, are you trying to say that like there should be a person in place to like kind of like mediate between like I don't know like well, people because like that's pretty much what the electoral college is, isn't that, it? It's just yeah, like a, medi a median between is. like people and like p politics. Yeah, because America so, I mean, like, is a republic. It's a constitutional republic. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the Electoral College, like, uh, we could still, like, do popular votes. I feel like with, like, elections, the Electoral College is, or, like, with the, con like, Congress, I feel like the Electoral College is also bad. But, like, I, I would still, like, vote for people. It just wouldn't be, like, you'd still be voting for people to be in those positions. You just wouldn't have the electoral college system in place. Yeah, I I just I just don't think that it it's something that needs to be abolished. It, I think it has its place. I I don't know. I just feel like it was made like so long ago because like what I was saying beforehand was like how like the smaller states needed representation with the big states, um, but like the the system itself is is has its like quirks and um there's like a lot of i feel like they were trying to go for like equalization between everybody but um they they did it when the country was like much smaller like the voting numbers were a lot smaller and as well as the country was a lot smaller itself and technology was also a lot smaller like you think about at the time like the 18th century you would like give your vote to like a person in your town and then that person in the town would go to like Washington and then they would count it. Like information couldn't be transmitted so quickly. And I feel like nowadays you can like get information like in a snap of a finger or like with a search on your phone or like on the internet. So I feel like it was made in a like place where people had to like go and represent other people but now people can like represent themselves. So I feel like yeah. the system in that way, I feel like the system like doesn't really serve its purpose. Um, at least nowadays, I think it was fantastic back then because there was, there wasn't like any flaws and people you like, you wouldn't see the uh, common person just walking up to DC and being like, Oh yeah, there's my vote and stuff like that. And you wouldn't see like common people getting into politics either. It was usually really like, either really rich or really smart people or just people who came from political families so i mean i feel like information is so easily accessible and transportation is also so easily accessible that like it doesn't really serve its purpose anymore yeah i mean one problem that i have with the system of democracy in general 
is the kind of behavior that it promotes in candidates. Like, uh, presidential candidates aren't, they aren't good leaders. They're charismatic people. And typically they end up compromising their integrity just because of what people want. And I think that's a problem with democracy because people focus too much on, you know, like all, all these other things instead of if they would be a good leader. How do you feel about it, Nate? Oh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just been listening to you guys go back and forth. Uh, uh, I think that it's definitely, um, obviously no system's going to be perfect. Like, if you do ranked, like, ranked voting, like, um, traditional, like, one ballot counting, it, it, they all have their flaws. Um, I think that the Electoral College, it's a, it, it's a decent system. Like, it, it's a decent, um, like, um, what's the word? I guess kind of like it, it, it's a good sort of fix on the on just like normal single ballot like voting. Um, that like like stuff that I really don't like about it is that like it it promotes like tr like a two party system, and it's really hard for like any other uh, parties to like be represented. Um, but on the other hand, like. Um, it kind of also forces candidates to appeal to both sides, because I think that's kind of why Trump lost um, this recent election was because uh, obviously no no Democrats were going to vote for him. Um, so if he started to lose support on like the Republican side, then it was then he was basically doomed. Um, so I, I don't think that it's all bad. It it obviously has its flaws, but um, I I definitely don't think that we should like abolish it. Yeah, I was actually talking to Nate like before the podcast and I was I, I was saying this kind of like to preface this topic, I guess you could say, but I was saying if if he would want if there was if he was watching a sport and he learned that in the quirk of the rules of the sport, there was a 5% chance that the loser would actually win. And so that in the past elections, the past 55 elections we've had or 55 plus elections that we've had, there's been three times where the popular vote has outweighed the electoral college vote, and the person who had the popular vote didn't win. Um, it happened in 1876, 1888, and 2000. And actually, there's been four. I think the video is a little outdated. In the 2016 election, um, Hillary Clinton actually beat um, Trump in the popular vote, but still didn't win because of the electoral college system. So there's there's a five percent fail rate with that with where the popular vote outweighs the um well where somebody's had the popular vote but still didn't win um and i actually kind of want to preface what nate was saying too how it kind of like eliminates the third party system and i feel like it's terrible with promoting third party systems because it's like so say in this hypothetical world, we have one side, um, we have like Democrats and Republicans going against each other, but we also have this very popular third party. So either like the independents or the libertarians, they like kick off. And so they go and campaign around these really small states. So states like under um, seven or eight electoral votes and they win all of them. So this has happened before, 
um, like I was saying before, in the elect election of, um, or actually it was the election of 1824, it was Andrew Jackson and John Quincy Adams, and then there was two other candidates that were going against each other. I'm not sure of their first names, but I know it was Crawford and Clay. Pretty much what happened was the um, Andrew Jackson got the Electoral College win, and he got the political or the popular vote win, and he still lost because um, in the system or in the rules of the Electoral College, if nobody gets the popular vote, then the House of Representatives get to decide. I think it's either the House of Representatives or the Senate. Um, but or, or I think it's actually both. I think it's just the um, the uh, whatever it's called, the Electoral College. How did I forget that? But uh, the Electoral <laughs> College gets to decide. And how it goes is it's not the amount of members of the Electoral College. Instead, one state gets one vote. So, like, well, I'll, I'll go over this, but Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Texas, California, and Washington make up like, or actually, without Washington, um, the, those states make up, like, 50% of the population, but in that scenario, they would only get 20% of the votes. So, if we're taking that system into account, um, the, at the time, there was, like, I think 20, or, like, uh, like, low 20s, like, 25 states, maybe, and, um, they voted, and John Quincy Adams actually won the, um, the election because the states got to choose or the electoral college got to choose which was one vote against the state so now i'm going to go back to another one right now so like i was saying before democrats republicans and they get like let's say um so i i put democrats got like 210 um electoral college votes and then republicans got like 206 this could be like flip-flop doesn't really matter but the um, the third party got 122 votes, so nobody wins, right? And so then we're going to go to the Electoral College, and they pick, and since it's one vote for each um, state, uh, with, the, with the thing that I have now, the third party got 26 states, and they split the Electoral College vote, those 26 states vote for them, and then the third party wins. So it's like minutely flawed when it comes to that because it wants to try to promote just only two parties to make it clean and even and not have to go through that process. And uh, that process is so poorly made, like I said before, because those 10 states have 50% of the population, but in that scenario, they would only get 20% of the votes. I just think, and there is another scenario as well, um, that you could get like 20% of the votes from citizens, um, and you could still win the Electoral College um, using that system. Um, so, I mean, I think it just mi misrepresents people in bigger states, and it represents people <clears throat> in smaller states more, because um, that was their like goal. But now it's the country's so big where like you could win so easily just by like uh, a quirk in the system and stuff like that.
Yeah. Yeah. Representation of people is definitely a major flaw in the Electoral College. Because, obviously, democracy isn't the worst thing ever. Like, people deserve representation. And if you're, like, let's say Massachusetts. If you're a Republican in Massachusetts, Massachusetts has voted Democrat, like, every single election, practically. Yeah. Right? Like, your vote, if you vote Republican in Massachusetts, it literally doesn't matter at all. So I think that is a pretty big flaw. But at the same time, I still support the Electoral College. I mean, I think there's, like, what Maine and Nebraska have done, where they've made some districts where, or they've done the congressional district system, where it's, like, split. So it's, like, the popular vote, but then they have districts inside of those that give more um, votes to, like, um, like, different candidates. So let's say, like, one half of the state um, primarily voted Republican. So let's take Massachusetts, for example. You're saying how Massachusetts is primarily Democrat almost all the time and that Republicans' votes pretty much don't matter. But if we go into a congressional district, or I think it's like, I think it's congressional district, um, with that system, you'd be having half of like the counties or most of the counties um, popular votes. So, like the electoral college votes, I don't know how many there is 11 in Massachusetts. So it'd be split between those um, districts. And then the popular vote would be like only two electoral college votes, while the rest of them would be split between the districts, making so that Republicans in Massachusetts could have a voice. Um, I was just going to say, but wouldn't that encourage gerrymandering in a lot of states where they select these districts and regions to contain a majority vote that is favorable to whoever designed it yeah gerrymandering is yucky dude yeah Yeah. i mean that's like the thing about it too is that like that system is also pretty bad as well um it's i don't know that'd be probably something that i have to get more into but i mean i i just don't think the electoral college system i think back then when they made it, it served its purpose, but now I think it does not serve its purpose. All right. I, uh, I found this, um, this interesting thing the other day. I was telling Matt about this before the episode. Um, it's, it's this, this map um, which shows that you can win. You could. This is a really big could because it's basically, it's basically um, impossible, but you could win just 11 counties and still win the presidency. That's one county in California, one in Texas, one in Florida, one in North Carolina, one in Georgia, one in Pennsylvania, one in New Jersey, one in New York, one in Ohio, one in Michigan, and one in Illinois. And you could get 270 electoral college votes from that and win the election. Um, with that, uh, your party would get about like 60, uh, 60 million votes and the losing party would get 160 million votes. So you would basically lose the popular vote by 100 million votes and still win the presidency. Sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, that. well, that's given that you, like, well, you only need 50% of the... How much How much votes would you need in each of those counties? Would you need 100% of the votes in each of those counties? Or no, you'd many? need... Um, or is it, like, you different would need, like, state? Uh, it's around, like... Uh, just trying to do. Well, I think it'd be different in like, like California, wouldn't it? Because it's like 
California has a much bigger population, like Georgia and stuff like that? Yeah, it depends. In, like, uh, Illinois, you would only need to lead by about, like, uh, 150,000 votes. But in, um, in, like, L.A. County, you would need, like, um, 500,000. Yeah, I mean, but... yeah, it's... That's that's why the system I feel like it's flawed. But like, I think like like I like I keep saying like back then it was good. Um, I think the representation that they had wasn't very high because like a lot of the the population was very low. But now since the population's so high and there's like record voter turnout, I feel like it's more like power to the people to make their voices equally as heard. In modern day, I almost trust public opinion less because there's there's so much false information and it's so much easier to spread now than ever like people don't fact check news articles they don't um and there's so many of them that it's yeah. really hard to know what is actually um true or not anymore yeah that's yeah. very true i mean like if we're talking about like if we're trying to get as like equal as possible i feel like the electoral college system is bad but in that sense i feel like i it, that just like promotes like um looking into like more information and stuff like that looking for more information but um th that's a that's a pretty good point to the to pull up cuz i mean it's 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 definitely uh difficult to make people try to like realize that like a lot of the news that they look at isn't that viable and just looking at one news source isn't the the best thing to do but if we're trying to like I, I in this sense like the electoral college being unequal i feel like that's the point that uh people are trying to make is that like it's it's not equal for the electoral college to exist um at least for the american voice like not a lot of people are heard with it um but more people are heard if you like go to different states like massachusetts like the the thing about the electoral college is that winner takes all so it's like like you said like a republican in massachusetts isn't going to be as heard as like a democrat in massachusetts so with the popular like vote system you're going to become more heard and your vote isn't going to be like pretty much denied so anything else you guys want to add to that i think we're good Okay. Yeah, well, I think that you guys we, argued we talked that about we, we we've been going for about forty minutes now. So this is a pretty uh pretty good episode. Um Nate, let's let's sign it off. Okay. So uh yeah, thank you guys for listening to the fourth episode of the NNMK podcast. Uh as usual our Discord link will be in the description. Uh there you can request songs, you can talk about politics, you can find all of our uh social media links and stuff like that um so you should join that if you're if you want um yeah you can find our podcast on spotify google podcasts uh basically anywhere you get podcasts um and yeah if uh you guys have anything any last notes you want to say nope, I think that's um good. nick g please come back i miss you <laughs> yes that is true nick g please <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you guys for listening bye